Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live. I want to welcome you to today's program. And so glad that you have joined us. This is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm the senior pastor in studio at Grace FM, where Calvary Live originates. So welcome to today's program. It is the 5th of December, Tuesday Afternoon, a beautiful day here in Colorado along the Front Range. Uh, as I look out the window where I'm sitting, the sun's starting to set. The days are short, but we're in a wonderful time of the year. It's, it's Christmas season, and I pray you're doing well. I know it's a busy time of the year, uh, but welcome to today's program. I pray this hour will be a blessing to you, an encouragement to you. And you just heard the number where you are invited to call in, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Grab one of those open lines early, and we will have a conversation as you ask your questions, as you ask for prayer, here to take you to the Word of God, to pray for you, encourage you any way that I can. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. we got all open lines right now. Grab one of those open lines early because sometimes as we go through the show, the lines fill up and there's a limited uh, number of lines. So we want you to be able to give us a call, get on the air, and to be able to talk about the things that are important to you, the questions that you have concerning the Bible or Christian living or uh, what's our uh, view, worldview as Christians. I was reading statistics um, just yesterday about how very few adults that claim to be Christians actually have a, a biblical worldview. And it's very important for us to have that, to know what the Scripture has to say, because all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for us, for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that we may be equipped uh, to live the lives that God has called us to live in the dependency of the Holy Spirit. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, the call-in number. There's another way for you to be able to communicate a question or a prayer request, and that is through a dedicated text line for texting only. It's a different number, 720-336-0897 is that text line. I want to remind you it is a text line that's open for you to use 24-7, to text in a prayer request during the show in between calls. We go to the text line, but you can text a prayer request anytime, day or night, and then the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora uh, will be praying for you. And I think that's a wonderful thing, knowing that you can have people to pray for you. Uh, we will pray for you during the show, so give me a call. want to give a shout-out to all those who are listening live again on this Tuesday afternoon along the Front Range in Colorado, two signals. 101.7 in Southern Colorado, and then 89.7 in Northern Colorado from the metro area up into Southern Wyoming. And then also those who are listening on Radio by Grace, 73 stations or signals 
throughout the country. You two are listening live. And then those of you who are listening on the Grace FM app or the, the website, uh, you are listening live anywhere in the country. You can call us. We have open lines, 303-690-3000 is that calling number. Uh, give me a call. Love to talk to you. Love to encourage you um, to know what's on your mind, what's important to you, questions maybe that have arisen and um, that it may be a benefit not only to you, but for all of us that are listening in today. And then also I want to welcome those who are a week delayed uh, on your radio network, whether that's Hope FM or Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, Living Water Radio, and then the Way Radio, uh, which is our newest station in Kingman, Arizona. You too can call. We'll have our conversation, and then you'll get to listen to it a week later. All open lines, 303-690-3000. Again, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, with you, if you're wondering where Greeley is, is in northern Colorado, and I've had the privilege next month, it'll be 28 years, that my wife Sue and I loaded up two small kids, and we came up to Greeley, Colorado to start Calvary Chapel in our home, and we're very, very grateful for the work that God has done, and His faithfulness, and His grace, uh, patience shown to us, such a privilege to be able to minister here in northern Colorado, and um and I know that God has more for us as we will be entering into a new year. And maybe this Christmas season, as you, um, you know, are uh, going through just the busyness of this season, maybe you're going through some difficulties or challenges. Maybe you're uh, concerned about what's going to happen in the new year. We want to be able to minister to you and bless you any way that we can. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number Text line 720-336-0897. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the show, but I would encourage you, put those in your contacts, and then you can pull up Calvary Live, and you can call us or you can text us with your questions and prayer requests. In the meantime, um, as we do have a couple open lines, grab one of those open lines. Let's go to Sally in Colorado Springs. Hi, Sally. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing good. You're on the program. Well, I I got in my car about 20 minutes ago, just as you were finished. Under the Fig Tree was airing on the radio. Uh Uh-huh. And I believe you were in Daniel 7, and you were talking about Jesus coming back and getting us and that we wouldn't be. And then you said something about... Jesus comes back for us because he knows if he didn't, we would destroy ourselves. Well, Does that sound at all familiar to you, that you know well, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what, what the context of what you're talking about, that Jesus is okay. going to come for his church and what's called the rapture of the church. And I believe that he's going to do that before that period that uh, Jesus does talk about, that if he had not returned, that... Um, if those days had not been shortened, man would have destroyed himself. So he's going to come for us in what's called the rapture of the church. When we talk about the return of the Lord, there's two aspects of the return of the Lord. There's the rapture of the church where he comes for his church. And then at, there after that starts a seven-year period called the tribulation period. The last three and a half years is called the great tribulation period. And Jesus speaks about that in the Olivet Discourse of Matthew chapter 24 
And he says that it will be great tribulation such as the world has never seen or ever will see again. And if those days had not been shortened, um, those days were shortened for the sake of the elect. Man would have destroyed himself because the end of that seven-year period or the great tribulation is going to be the last battle called the Battle of Armageddon, the last world war, where the Antichrist and his forces and the kings of the north and south, Daniel chapter 11, the kings of the east, Revelation chapter 16, will come and meet in the valley of Megiddo. And, um, and you know, man has the capability of destroying um, himself, blowing up the world, basically. They say that the United States has five times the arsenal, um, nuclear arsenal. Uh, China, Russia has four times the nuclear arsenal. What that means is that we have enough nuclear weapons to blow the world up five times, uh, as if one time is not enough. So Jesus comes back in the middle of that battle, and then he will judge the nations. He'll establish his kingdom, um, and then he will restore the nation of Israel. So that's the prophetic timeline that we see. But the good news for you and for me, the church, is that we're going to be taken out of Revelation chapter 3, the promise given to the church of Philadelphia, the faithful church, that he will take us out of and away from the hour of tribulation, that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. He didn't say that he's going to take us through the tribulation. He's going to take us out of how the Greek reads and away from the hour of tribulation. So uh, I believe that the scripture shows us that he's going to take us before that seven-year period, which begins with the rise of the Antichrist. And Sally, one of the things that you might uh, tune into, Calvary Chapel Greeley, is I'm doing a series called Behold, the Days Are Coming. And the reason that I did that is because when the war broke out in the Middle East with Israel declaring war on Hamas and Hamas, uh, the terrorists attacking Israel and what we saw on October 7th, there was a lot of questions that people were asking about, a lot of confusion that was taking place. Is this, you know, the tribulation period? People were asking, is this going to lead to Ezekiel 38? Is this going to lead to the battle of Armageddon? You know, what's going on? Because unfortunately, a lot of churches don't teach about end time prophecy. So I've been doing a, uh, and am going to do week number six, an eight week series called Behold, the Days Are Coming. You see that term in the Old Testament. Behold, the Days Are Coming. And so you can look at that series. And last week, we talked about the Antichrist in the tribulation period and what's going to happen. So to some, it's kind of a review, but to others, um, this is brand new, and I want people to understand what the prophetic scenario is before us because um, there's a lot of teaching out there um, that will bring confusion. There are some people that think we're in the tribulation. There are some people that say there's going to be no millennium reign. There's even a growing trend among Christians that there's going to be no rapture, um, and those are clear doctrines that we see in the Scripture and we want to be able to be wise in the discerning of the days in which we are in. Um, so that's why I'm doing that series. So you might look at that, org and the teaching there in last week, the Tribulation Period, the Antichrist, where I kind of go over that timeline. Okay, thank you very much. That's, wow, thank you. <laughs> I know I threw a lot at you. <laughs> and... No, it's okay. I, I, I got it. Um, I, I've heard 
heard a lot of it before and believe a lot of it. So thank you very much. You bet, Sally. And here's, I, the, and here's the thing, Sally, uh, that while I got you on the line, because sometimes it is a lot for people to take in. And prophecy is given to us. It's not to scare us. It's to prepare us. Um, it's not to trouble us. It's to bring comfort to us, actually. Because Paul, when he wrote about the rapture of the church, he said, comfort one another with these words. And then when he wrote about the day of the Lord, he says, it comes as a thief in the night. But you're not children of the night. You're children of the day, so that this day should not overtake you. And he ends that section there, talking about the day of the Lord, which begins with the tribulation period. He says, comfort one another with these words. So it's given to us to comfort us, even as Jesus said to his disciples in that upper room, don't be troubled in your heart. You believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, um, you will be also as I come to receive you. So, you know, it's given to us to comfort us and to prepare us and to make us wise and discerning the days in which we're in. So you're asking good questions, and I appreciate your call today. Can I ask for a prayer, too, please? Absolutely, you can. My daughter and her husband and my granddaughter are moving to Texas at the end of the month, okay. starting a wonderful career for my daughter, but taking my granddaughter. How old is she? <laughs> Nine. Oh, I, and we're very close. Yeah, I am going to pray for you. You know, uh, that's hard. I got a grandbaby, a granddaughter, and she's just, just under two years old. And I love that little girl. And um, so I can kind of understand just the the sadness. You know, you're happy for your family. They um, They have to write their own chapter, be led by the Lord, but... Hopefully, uh, you'll be able to see her and stay close to her. And Father, I do pray for Sally as, as her daughter and husband are moving to Texas. And, and Lord, I just pray for your blessing upon them. And I pray that you would, uh, help them get settled in and, um, be there and be benefited, um, not just economically, but spiritually, Lord. And I do pray for Sally as her granddaughter's going, um, a grandchild is so special. Um, and I just pray that she would be able to talk to her often and, and even see her, um, that it wouldn't be a hard trip. And, Lord, that she would stay close to her. And, Lord, I just um, we miss our family. Our families are so important to us. And I just pray that you just be with Sally in this time and almost a time of grieving. But, Lord, also pray that you'd bring comfort to her and assurance to her and blessing to her this Christmas and to her family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You bet, Sally. God bless you. Call any time. God bless you, too. Thank you. you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Bye-bye. It's hard when family, kids move and and move out. And, um, you know, I raised four kids, and they're all, um, I got two here in town and two that are out of town, and I'm, miss the ones out of town dearly and uh it's hard and and when your family grows but uh, we pray for them and and entrust tr- them to the lord and uh, and it's a blessing when we're able to continue to just 
love them and talk with them and be with them. Uh, it's such a precious thing, isn't it? 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. When somebody hangs up, we got an open line, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Mary in McCon, Georgia. Is it McCon? Macon. Macon. Okay. I'm sorry, because I've been through your city. It's in southern Georgia, isn't it? South of Atlanta. It's central Georgia. Is it really? Well, I appreciate you calling. You're on the program. So my question is, is it okay or bad to daydream? To daydream? Well, it depends. Um, You you know, everybody kind of daydreams. Um, But there are times where, like, when we're in school, we need to be focused on our lessons. Um, when our parents are talking to us, we need to be uh, paying attention. So there is some daydreaming that takes place, but um, we don't want to be in a constant state of daydreaming. We want to be in a state where we're we're listening and paying attention when we need to, whether that's at school. And you sound young, so I assume you go to school, right? Yes, sir. And um, and even if, you know, those who homeschool, um, there needs to be a focus on your lesson. There needs to be a focus on, you know, if you're playing sports, there needs to be a focus if you play an instrument or whatever it is that you do. When your parents are talking with you, you need to focus um, on that. Um, and, you know, even when you're in church, um, I don't want to think it's okay for anybody when you're getting a Bible lesson, to be able to listen to the teacher and listen to your pastor, it's important that you're attentive to those things. Now, once in a while, you're going to daydream, or, you know, I even do it once in a while. Uh, but you don't want to spend, you know, make it a habit to where you're daydreaming when you need to really be listening or daydreaming when you really need to be focusing. Um, you know, soon when you get older, you're going to be driving. Uh, you need to stay focused on the road. So those are things that you need to learn. But, you know, once in a while, I'll, I'll sit outside and watch the sun go down, and I'm just kind of thinking about some things. I don't know if you call it daydreaming or not, um, and just kind of relaxing, relaxing my mind, thinking about certain things. Uh, but there is that time um, that you do need to be focused, and you want to be disciplined. You know, we need to discipline our minds sometimes and renew our minds with the Spirit, is what the Bible says, um, and just meditating on the Word of God and thinking about the Word of God and being thankful to the Lord. So hopefully that helps. But that's a good question. I've never been asked that. Yeah, thank you. Does that What's help? It's Pastor Jeff, and you call me anytime you got a question. So did did that help you? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm so glad you <laughs> called, Mary. Call back anytime, all right? Okay. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. All right. God bless you. I love the question of kids. You know, I've never been asked that. Is it okay to daydream? And, and, um, and so that makes... Yep, we we need to stay focused, and there are times where our minds kind of wonder and stuff. So, good question. I loved when the kids asked that. Jesus said, "Out of the mouths of babes," it's amazing. So, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. The call in number, text line seven two zero 
336-0897. Got an open line. Let's go to Jessica in Pennsylvania. Hi, Jessica. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. Um, so I've just been really struggling with uh, the sin of gluttony and overeating mm-hmm. and also just a lot of laziness. And um, yeah. I just, I really don't know how to conquer it. And I recently finally gave up smoking about three months ago. Good. And now I, I see that there's something else I need to give up. And it's it's really, uh, I hide a lot in my pain from with food. So I just, I don't know if you know any scriptures that I could help to, like, apply. Or I just don't know. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things that, um, one of the things is, you know, for us, to, who's going to help you is the Lord and to be able to help you with, you know, he's helped you with smoking. And sometimes when you, um, you know, quit the smoking, then it can be substituted by other things, by eating or, and you're recognizing it. So that's the first thing that you've done. You've recognized not only the overeating, but also the laziness. In the Bible, as you go through the book of Proverbs, um, I would encourage you read the book of Proverbs because the Proverbs has a lot to say about laziness, um, mm-hmm. and it's not in a positive light. And God has made us to work, not work for your salvation, but he, he, he shows you know, in his word that work is good and that he desires for us not to be lazy, but to be ones that are moving forward and pressing on um, those who are attentive. Um, and so you can read the book of Proverbs, and that will talk a lot about, you know, um, you know the negative aspect of being lazy uh, and the man who's lazy who lacks. And then also when it comes to this eating, the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of God. And we're to take care of our bodies the best we know how. Now, all foods have been declared clean and and good to eat with Thanksgiving. But, you know, we do want to take care of our bodies so it will help us. You know, the the physical aspects, there's the emotional aspect, the spiritual aspect of moving forward in life and having a, a life where um, we're used of the Lord. And if we're lazy, if we're just... Um, not taking care of ourselves, uh, that can play a negative factor. So uh, the Bible talks about how the body is the temple, and um, and it's not what goes into the body that defiles, it's what comes out, Jesus said, speaking of our hearts. But we mm-hmm. do have that physical aspect where you want to take care of your physical being because it has a lot to do with your mental being. And um, one of the things I used to teach at um, the... Uh, jail academy at the sheriff's office and you know we we would talk a little bit about taking care of ourselves um you know spiritually is the priority and then uh also mentally renewing our minds with the word of god to be mm-hmm. reading those scriptures and then asking god for help and to exercise is is important and then talk to your doctor too talk to your doctor about you know what you can do in um a doctor or a nutritionist can help you in those areas and really get you on the right track. And as you just look to the Lord and, and, and ask for his help, he's going to help you in doing that. Um, and so that's what I have for you. And, you know, he does care about every area of our lives. 
Is that Thank helpful? Thank you so much. Yes. Do you mind praying for me about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Jessica. Father, I do pray that you would just be with Jessica. She's honestly called and talked about laziness and, and gluttony and, and, Lord, that uh, she recognized there's a problem in her life. And we're the one that we know that you care about her. You care about her being able to move forward in health. Um, her body's the temple of God, um, and we are to be good stewards of that. Um, and we are to to look to you to help us in that. Um, and I just pray that you would help her to go to the right people that will help her to be able to get on track and eating healthy, um, her, her doctors, nutritionists, to exercise, to renew her mind with the Word of God and taking it in, um, to give her the energy she can move forward in working and not be lazy. Um, Lord, that you desire for her um, to to move forward in those areas that you would help her and you would guide her, that you would strengthen her in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. You bet. And you know what, Jessica? You call back in in a couple months and let me know how it's going, okay? Okay, sounds great. And I'll pray for you. You know, we'll keep praying for you. But I want to encourage you. You can do this and get the right yes. people to help you and and. Um, the, the one who's really going to help you is the Lord and in all of this. Okay. All right. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. You bet, Jessica. God bless you. Yep. Bye-bye. You know, this time of the year can be hard. It is hard for me because it is a time we just had Thanksgiving and, and it's a time where, you know, we can bake and a lot and, um, we go to parties and things and, um, we can kind of. Uh, eat a lot and, and, you know, we just need to take care of ourselves and, um, you know, just make sure that, um, you know, I know for me getting older that I need to do that. So 303-690-3000 call in number, text line 720-336-0897. We do have an open line and let's go to Anthony in Lone Tree. Hi, Anthony. Hello. How are you, Anthony? Uh, I'm okay, thank you. Um, I um, I hope you can hear me okay. I'm in my car right now, and uh, uh-huh. I I love this program, Good. and um, I, it's a blessing. I want to create con- uh, controversy. I don't want to be controversial here, but uh, I have a question that's been bugging my mind for a while now, and I decided to call today. So please be patient with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know, like, uh, there is a figures in the Old Testament. I mean, Isaiah talks about Christ uh, throughout the book. And uh, my question is about the burnt offering. Like, uh, I've always wondered, because uh, I heard something about this a long time ago, I've always wondered if uh, if Jesus between his uh, death at the cross and his resurrection, he uh, was burned, you know, like mm-hmm. burned okay. to ashes, like to redeem, to redeem us completely, like uh, it shows in Leviticus. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. you know, that's an interesting question because as we go through Leviticus, and you know. Um, what you're going to hear here is the music. We're going to go to break, but I want you to hold on, and then we're going to come back and look at Leviticus 
And because he is the fulfillment of those sacrifices, and I believe it's in Leviticus chapter 1, that we have the burnt offering that's given to us there. And um, and so I think we can look at Scripture and get some clarity on that and um, get some good understanding on all of that. Um, but uh, to, to say that uh, the burnt offering um, was a, a, a offering of, of worship to the Lord where the animal was completely consumed. Am I right in that? In Leviticus chapter 1, was put on the yeah, altar yeah. And, and reduced to ashes. And so you hang on and, and we'll finish our thought. But to say that Jesus was not burnt, um, his body was wrapped, put into a tomb, and he resurrected bodily. So we'll talk about that when we come back, Anthony. So if you can hang on, it's only about 90 seconds. For the rest of you, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. So you just heard those two numbers where you can be a part of the program, the call-in number and the text line. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. We've had some great questions and discussions Pray that you're blessed. We invite you to call in. We got a, I believe, an open line, or um, the lines are actually full right now. But when somebody hangs up, uh, that means that there's an open line. So uh, we were talking to Anthony from Lone Tree. Anthony, you still there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah. So the the burnt offering uh, was. Uh, as the name implies, is where the offering was burnt before the Lord, a total sacrifice. Um, and it was a general offering intended to make one right with God through the atonement of, of sin, propitiation, or demonstrate special devotion to God, consecration. So um, it's given to us. Jesus, there's no evidence in the scriptures that his body was burnt. Uh, his body was wrapped and we have in the Gospels the account of Jesus' crucifixion, his death and uh, burial, and then his resurrection. And sometimes between a crucifixion and the resurrection, we forget that Jesus actually died. Uh, the burial of Jesus is very, very important. That's given to us the account. So we know that Joseph of Arimathea had uh, honed out a tomb out of the rock, um, him and Nicodemus, two council members, went to um, to take care of the body of Jesus after Joseph went to Pilate because crucified victims were not treated well at all or with respect. They usually would hang on the cross where the birds, you know, would come and peck at them on the carcasses or they were thrown in the garbage heap. But we do know that they had a plan, and that was that Joseph brought linen cloths and prepared the body of Jesus for burial, and then Nicodemus bought the brought the spices, and and that he was laid into a tomb, and then the tomb was closed. So there's no evidence that he was burnt. Um, there's no evidence that he he had to be burnt for, um, you know, for purification. There's no evidence even that Jesus, when he went to Passover, that I see that you know they would go through the purification pools. Um, as they would get a sacrifice. Jesus never offered a sacrifice 
uh, at Passover. He never went through the purification process because he was pure. He was he was perfectly holy. He was sinless, the one who became the sacrifice for you and for me. But there's no evidence that I see that his body was burnt. So his death and his blood was uh, good enough for, for us to be Yeah, living. yeah. And, you know, the bodily, bodily resurrection is very important because Jesus didn't resurrect it um, from the grave. He bodily rose from the grave. And, um, and at, you know, times he was recognizable, at other times he wasn't. But because of that, now we have the promise that we will be resurrected as well. And and so, you know, he was put into the tomb. And here's the other thing, too, Anthony, that you might look at, that it was the religious leaders that went to Pilate and asked for the tomb to be watched, to be sealed, because they were afraid that the the um, disciples might come and steal the body of Jesus away. So there was a watch that was at that tomb 24-7. Pilate said, make it as secure as you know how. And they sealed the tomb with the Roman seal. So you know nobody went into there. But whether, you know, we think that Jesus, somehow his body was burnt, there's absolutely no evidence of that. Uh, His body was resurrected and then seen after three days by the disciples. And for 40 days he was seen and then ascended up into heaven. Right. So it's one of those things, right, that we don't know what happened since he died until he resurrected. Well, we do know that Ephesians says before he ascended, he first descended. And Peter also talks about how he went and he he preached to, you know, those in everlasting chains, or that is more of a proclamation that it is remember that he said to the thief on the cross, he said, Before the sun has set you'll be with me in paradise. So he would escort the thief on the cross into paradise, which was Hades in the middle of the earth. Uh, Luke chapter 16, you might read that, where Lazarus and the rich man, and Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom. Then there was a chasm, and then there was the rich man that was in the unrighteous dead. And the rich man, he calls over to uh, Abraham and says, Hey, can you send Lazarus over to touch my tongue uh, with cool water? I'm in torment. And Abraham said, No, you can't do that. So it is believed that the Abraham's bosom, when Jesus See, in the Old Testament, they looked to the cross. And when the, the sacrifices were done, um, the offerings in the book of Leviticus, it was a kofar, it was a covering until the Lamb of God died for their sins once and for all. Um, so it was a covering of sin, and it wasn't enough. That's why they had to do the animal sacrifices over and over and over again, because it never took away sin. It just covered sin until Jesus, the Lamb of God, came and died once and for all. You see that phrase in the book of Hebrews, he died once and for all. So when Jesus died, um, he proclaimed liberty, uh, captivity, uh, captive. Uh, He said, this is what you've been waiting for. So that compartment of Abraham's bosom has been taken up into heaven. And now Paul says in the book of of Corinthians and Second Corinthians five, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when a Christian dies now, looking back at the cross, Jesus having died for our sins once and for all, presented his blood in the tabernacle, uh the heavenly tabernacle, it was accepted, and now we go straight to heaven. Um and we're in the presence of the Lord. So um that's kind of the analogy, that's the what you see 
uh, between the old covenant, which was not enough. It had to be replaced by the new covenant and Jesus' death on the cross, as he said, even in that upper room when he instituted the Lord's Supper, that this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for forgiveness of sin. So, you know, he he would uh, proclaim that and then um, he would ascend. He would be seen for 40 days and ascend up into heaven. So uh, that's what we know. And then that proclamation was uh, made as Peter writes in those kind of those verses that are a little bit difficult to to um, some verses that are hard to uh, interpret sometimes. Uh, Christ suffered once for sin for the unjust. He might bring us to God, putting to death the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom he also went. This is First uh, Peter chapter three, and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long suffering waited for the days of Noah. So anyway. Um, he went and it, it wasn't that he preached the gospel to them and they had another chance of salvation. There are no second chances, but I think it was more of a proclamation, uh, to them that I've defeated sin and death. And, um, and for those in Abraham's bosom, led captivity captive, or that is free as they're now in heaven. And then the resurrection will come at the time of the rapture of the church, where our bodies will be resurrected and meet our spirit and we'll have new heavenly bodies. And then that chamber in the the uh, place of the unrighteous dead, they are still there and they will be resurrected after the millennium reign and they will stand before the great white throne judgment and then they will be cast into outer darkness. So, Yeah, I hear all of that. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes... Um, I, uh, you get confused. Like, um, yeah. I hear that uh, he, he was given lies in the spirit, and then he went uh, to the center of the earth, to the heights and all that, and he did what he did. And But, uh, you know, it's uh, what's important is that uh, we are saved. Amen. We are saved. And Amen. That, uh, he did what he was supposed to do. And yeah. uh, But sometimes you're curious. Um, Pastor, I have another uh, request, a prayer request, if you don't mind. Um, no, I don't. Uh, from all from all your listeners as well, because um, for years and years I've been praying to God, uh, what what is it that He wants from me? I mean, for years and years I thought that He wanted me to, to, to minister the Word of God, to teach. And I'm not ashamed to say this because the Bible is my passion. And um, I, I moved from California uh, four years ago. I, I spent 32 years over there, some of them as a Christian, some of them as a non-Christian, but uh, uh, but thank God God saved me, and I've been in the path of the Lord for so many years now. So I need your prayers and your radio listeners' prayers because I, I need direction. I want I, I want to do what God planned for me, uh, to open yeah. doors or to tell me you're supposed to do this instead of this. So please pray for me. You know, in Isaiah chapter 30, the promise there is as we go to him and as we wait on him, then we will hear from him that he says that I'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. Go to the left, go to the right. And Father, I do pray for my brother Anthony. He wants to be used of you. He has a passion for your word. He's studying um, and I just pray that you would guide him and use him. And I know that you're going to honor that, his heart, to be just where you want him to be. 
You're the one that opens doors that no one can close, and you close doors that no one can open. And I just pray that you would open the doors for him to know exactly where he is to be, how to be used to in his life daily to speak truth where he's at presently. But, Lord, looking for um, just those opportunities that as you guide him and direct him, that he would hear from you in that still small voice. And, Lord, that you would just use him because I know you want to. Um, use them in the days in which we are in to speak truth, to give your word, to give the gospel. Um, so I just pray that you would um, just do that work in him and through him in the days and weeks and in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Thank you. I praise the Lord every day for Calvary Chapel, for this program, and Thank for all you. the pastors all over the world. Thank you, Anthony. You call back any time. Let us know how it's going. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. You bet. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Renata. Is it Renata? It's Renata. Renata. I am so sorry, but I appreciate okay. you calling. I'm used to How it. are you, Renata? I'm fine, thank you, Ms. Uh, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for calling. Yes, um, I have a prayer request. Um, I've been seeing this gentlemen for three years, and I'm believing God that uh, we'll be engaged by the end of the year. Uh, it's not the end of the year, it's the beginning of the year. Um, so I'm just asking you to join prayer and, you know, believing that we will be married in 2024. Okay, absolutely. And you have a piece about it? Yes, I do. Okay. Father, I do pray for... Uh, Renata, I just pray that you would, as she has this before her, uh, someone that she has been going out with and um, has known for three years, that, Lord, her desire is to get married. And, Lord, according to your will, that you would uh, move forward in that. And I pray that they would seek godly wisdom. I pray that they would seek you. And, Lord, I just pray that um, you would just, um, just, Bless them, and Lord, that she would trust you um, in the timing, and that um, this this man that she's been dating um, would hear from you as well. And Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, bring forth according to what you desire for their lives. Um, and if that's marriage, that it would happen in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Renata, yeah. I, I want to poke at you a little bit, okay, yeah. if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Is he a Christian? Nope. Yes, he is. Good. Okay. That's the first thing. And um, and the second thing is, you know, you keep praying. And, um, I, you know, if it does come um, to pass where he asks you to marry and you move forward in a life together, I just want to encourage you, make sure you get godly counsel and good Good counsel as you're headed towards that wedding day. I always encourage young people, old people, whoever gets married, um, just to be able to go through those things and look at Scripture once again and the role of husbands and wives. And maybe you've done some of that. Maybe you've gone through Scripture yourselves. Uh, but I always ask couples that come in that want to get married, why do you want to get married? And, um, and the, you know, the answers are we love each other, um, but I also am looking for, we have prayed about this and we've sought God's 
will, and we believe this is God's will for our lives, and that's what I pray for you guys. And so this is what I want you to do. Call me back, you know, if it happens, so I can pray for you and encourage you in every way I can. I most definitely will. Okay. And you have a Merry Christmas. You do the same. Thank you very much. You bet. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Hondra in Aurora. Hey, Hondra. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. You got a question for me. Looks like a good question. Go ahead. Does God love Satan? <laughs> you know, I've never been asked that, but, you know, God is love. Um, and Satan, of course, rebelled against God, um, and he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. And, um, you know, he Satan is the enemy. He's the master deceiver. He's the destroyer. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at God is love. And uh, and Satan is is the opposite. He's hate. So <laughs> it's a good question. So I'm gonna have to chew on that a little bit more. So, right? Yes. <laughs> so anyhow, God is love, and that's the thing. You know, this God does. He doesn't love evil. I will say that he doesn't love sin. He loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And and he hates the evil and and what it does and the destroyer. So I will say that that we know that for sure. Um, everything that's contrary, um, you know, and he he hates that because he hates what it does. He hates what it does to people. What Satan does to people. So, um, you know, God is love. Um, I'm not going to say that. You know, he just we we have a different definition of love. Um, you know, he's all feeling and, and all that of Satan, uh, not by a long shot. Satan is a destroyer, and uh, he's going to deal with Satan, but God is love, and he hates evil, and he hates darkness, and he hates sin, and and we'll, we'll say that for sure, right? Right. Good question. So I'll have to look at that even closer, but he does hate sin, and he hates what the enemy does, and um, and he's going to deal with him, and he's going to put him away one of these days, and I can't wait till he is. So, okay. Okay. How old are you? Ten. <laughs> I'm so glad you called. You call back any time. You got another tough question for me. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Ha uh-huh. ha. Oh, my 303-690-3000. You know, some of those questions that come from the kids, uh, another one that we got, is it okay to daydream? That's Those are good questions. Uh, I have to go do my study. And so um, Joanne um, from Marietta. Um, and so anyhow, I'm not quite sure where that's going, but... Um, we do have open lines, I believe that we do. 303-690-3000 call in number. Text line 720-336-0897. During this season at Advent, I, I did want to read to you, but we've been busy with the phone lines. A scripture that's, um, that I'd like to read 
And I do want to read to you from the book of Isaiah. I read from chapter 6 that, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. But also I just want to read to you um, from the book of Isaiah in chapter 9. Many of you, you know the verses. Uh, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and the increase of his government in peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So unto us a child is born, speaking of Messiah that would come 700 years later. And the government will be upon his shoulder. It speaks about he's on the throne of David, speaking about what is yet future. Um, and uh, he will establish his kingdom sitting upon the throne of David. But remember this, that his name shall be called Wonderful. What God has done for us in saving us, isn't it wonderful? Um, we should be always at wonder of the incredible grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the counselor. He's the wonderful counselor. Please remember that. It's good to have godly counsel. Uh, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. But always remember this, that he is our counselor. Um, and he is the one that we can go to and seek him for counsel, even as I quoted from Isaiah chapter 30. And then also he's mighty God. Some that say, well, like Jehovah Witnesses that say, well, this isn't speaking of Jesus being God because it's not almighty God. He's mighty God. And then I believe the next chapter, it speaks of Jehovah as mighty God. So he is God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He's the one that will bring peace to our lives. And he's the one that's going to bring peace to this world. And so just an encouragement to you. Um, that God loved us so much, he didn't leave us without any hope, that unto us a child is born and a son is given, and his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's so glorious. So, hey, let's go to Julia in New Orleans. Hi, Julia. Hi. How are you? Hi, Pastor Jeff. I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. Good. Very happy Good. to be speaking with you. Yeah. Well, well thanks um, for calling. Yes, of course. My question is, um, I guess just in time for the holiday season in terms of the Bible calling us to honor our fathers and our mothers and um, family dynamics are always very interesting. Um, but uh, when your father and your mother have done less than honorable things, it really is hard to honor them. You can respect them for raising you and giving birth to you and and trying their best to bring you up in the church and all the wonderful things that they do do. Um, but I guess what I've been struggling with is learning to see them as human being individuals, which they obviously are, but we have a tendency to put them on this pedestal of never being able to do any wrong because we almost idolize them in a sense. Um, and so when they hurt us, it hurts us in ways that other people they don't even have the power or ability to hurt us because we just are when our parents hurt us, it hurts us to the core. So right. I, I just right. wanted to see, um, and in terms of establishing, establishing boundaries um, and, but also being able to honor them, which we're called to do when we have to do there's, we have no choice but to do that. Um, but 
can we honor them from a distance? Can we, you know, yeah. put in place our own boundaries, um, honor them in our hearts without having to put ourselves in physical proximity to them? Or does it yeah. mean that we have to put our pride down and just do what we know we have to do? Well, and I, I don't have a, a very, you know, very dogmatic answer for you because we are called to honor mom and dad. But there are also times when there is harm, um, when Mm -hmm. there's, you know, abuse, when there's a toxic relationship that there has to be some distance, maybe perhaps to protect yourself, to protect your children. And you know Mm -hmm. the situation better. It doesn't mean that you stop honoring them as that they were your mom and dad, but it doesn't mean that you have to be a doormat either. Um, to be yeah. taken advantage of, to be abused in any way. Um, you know, it's just like the the marriage relationship. If there's abuse, there there may be, if there's that taking place, a separation that's there, there's still an honoring of the marriage um, to the best of your ability um, to, mm-hmm. to honor that husband or that wife. But it's so, so difficult. And so... Um, when there needs to be that separation because of protection and because you need mm-hmm. to protect your kids or because it's such a toxic, toxic relationship, um, you can still do it, I believe. And there may be some that disagree with me, but I believe you can still do it in a way where you honor mom and dad and um, mm-hmm. where you honor family members. Um, but you need to protect yourself. You need to protect your home. And um, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you stop loving them either just because you protect your home um, and you, mm. you honored the position that they were in, that they were mom and dad. And because uh, people mm-hmm. I've talked to through the years have gone through tremendous hurt and tremendous, I'm sure. you know, tremendous, um, you know, abuse. Um, and and they yes. have the right to protect themselves. And they have the right to yeah. protect their families and, and the grandchildren. And that has to be done. And um, and so there's can be this guilt sometimes. And it's even put on by, you're supposed to honor mom and dad. Well, I do. But, but our home is going to be a home where God is honored, where I protect my home. And, um, and we're still going to honor you as mom and dad. We're not going to, you know, be blasting you over social media. We're not going to be um, trying to, um, you know, do anything that dishonors you, but we will protect our home and Mm. I will protect my kids. And that's personally where I would be uh, for myself. Mm -hmm. I can't speak for everybody else. You know, your situation, you know what it is that you're facing. Um, But, um, you know, I'm responsible for my family I'm responsible for what goes on underneath my house. And uh, I've always been, and I've been fortunate enough. My parents were great. Uh, my wife's parents were great. Um, but, you know, we all have family stuff. And sometimes there's those that we need to protect family members. And, and I don't want to diminish the importance of family, the importance of mm-hmm. having parents in the lives of our grandparents, you know, our grandchildren. Um, and there may be boundaries that you need to put up and that as parents, you, I believe you have the responsibility to do that, especially when it could bring harm spiritually 
or even worse to your kids and uh, because we're called to do that. Mm. Wow. Okay. And when you speak of when you're referring to abuse, you're referring to emotional abuse as well as physical abuse, or you're well, mainly. Yeah, there's you know physical abuse, of course, of course, any kind of uh, you know phys- you know emotional abuse. Um, you know, I've talked with people where there's a lot of cussing, there's a lot of just beating, you know, the grandkids down, just, you know, telling them they're worthless when they get burst of angers, all those things that can happen. And so Mm. you have to determine that and you have to determine how you can protect your kids. And, you know, I think one of the ways you can honor your parents is being honest with them, being honest Mm -hmm. with them and always desiring for there to be a relationship that's there. Um, And, Mm -hmm. but you know, this is where the line is and this is where the boundaries are right now until things change, um, until you change. And, um, you know, it's like, um, wives being submissive to your husband as unto the Lord. There's a qualifier that's there. So the husband says to the wife, I want you to go into the grocery store and I want you to steal groceries. You're not going to do that. That's not as unto the Lord. So mm-hmm. there's there are boundaries and there are qualifiers that first we submit to God and then we are to be protectors of our families. And sometimes, you know, you've got to, to know what's best in that. So that's why I say I can't be so dogmatic about it, but um, just pray about it and seek godly counsel about it as well. All right. Sorry we couldn't talk okay. more about it, but... Feel free to call back, and I'll I'll be praying for you, okay, Julia? God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody, God bless you. Thank you for calling. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.